It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Have we tracked them down? I'm going to throw it over to you, Kempi, to do the honours for the one and only. The Big Red. That's who we've got, <laughs> finally. <laughs> finally jumping off. Mate, he's become, he's, become a, um, he's become a professional fisherman, mate. Every time he comes up to Auckland, Allen, he gets out on the boat with Butch Glover and apparently had a really good day yesterday <laughs> in between his... Uh, I think he uses the, the time up here at the Karaka Sales as, a, as an opportunity also to have a break and, and, and let the hair down, but had a really good season, get a chance to talk to, I think, um, at the moment, the best one of the best trainers with the best strike rate in the country. Hey, good morning, Al. How are you going? Hello, Kempi. How are you? Is he all right? Yeah, when the fishing's on, I yeah. couldn't answer the phone. Sorry, boys. We were getting them that quick. We just had to keep putting them in the chili bin. You know? hey, I was, tell- I was yeah. telling him, Al, you didn't, yeah. drop, you didn't drop your phone in the water. And, um, you know, you, I was telling the boys, you still believe that phones work underwater. <laughs> well, on that trip, Kempi, we, we could have believed in anything, but I, I could have sworn I heard it under the water ringing me during the night. So uh, we have those bad nights, mate. Don't worry about that. Hey, Al, Louie here, mate. Awesome to have you on the show. Um, Kempi's just been saying wonderful, wonderful things. Good to see you out at the Karaka Complex and up here, um, no doubt, about to rip in and, and buy up a storm today. How, how much do you love the culture around the New Zealand bloodstock Karaka sales? It's just a good buzz getting all the horse people together for a pretty cool week, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. You know, you have a bit of camaraderie and watching your colleagues, we're all, we're all trying to find that next good horse, Louie, you know what I mean? And it's it's an interesting um, and I think it's gone quite well under the circumstances. Really, it has. Did you did you dip into a few there, Al? It's great to have you on the show, mate. And before then, uh, after you've answered that question, I want to give you your right of reply because um, Kempy's been. Uh, you know, he's been telling a few stories, so maybe you can share a few stories about Kempi, eh? Don't believe, but, um, did you have don't a wee fill up at? <laughs> did you have a wee fill up at the cracker sales, mate? Um, Not I've fill up. You would have gave it all away. I've only got one so far, but I've got to sort of try and get six or eight in the next three days. So I'm actually up looking at the catalogue now and doing a bit of homework. So yeah, we've got a bit of work ahead of us. That's for real. Well. well what do you when you head to the sales? You've obviously pre-looked and pre-planned, but if the plan goes out the door and someone swoops you, aka Dave Ellis or someone like that, does the book just go out the door and then you got to reassess and and go on looks and obviously breeding and getting a feel while you're there? Yeah, yeah I think we go type first. You know, you you look at the horse. There's a matter of 
facts you look for and, and everyone's different. So I suppose it's like picking a girl whether you'd know about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, you've, um, you're looking for different things. Been in love for 20 and, years. And we're mate. not all the same. Yeah, we're not all the same, mate. So uh, yeah, it's just, just something. I think I've got a little gift. I've bought some nice horses. So um, probably passed on by my father and, and people. You're always listening and looking and, and you got to learn, mate. So yeah, um, yeah I've been a bit lucky Good. that I've selected some really good horses, you know. Talking about your father, how was old Bob the Ram, Mel? Uh, yeah, that one's home. He's doing his job, Mac. We finally got him home. That was uh, quite a comical trip home from uh, Otaki, <laughs> I would say, yeah, to say the least. Oh, yeah, I, I haven't told the boys that story yet. Hey, um, but, you, but what people don't really um, realise is not only that you're a um, a decent trainer, but you're also a really good, anal- got an analytical mind around rugby, uh, especially. Mate, just give us a, give, give us your thought on the way that Izzy played and what you thought about Izzy when he was an All Black. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate. We can I be honest on here, mate. He was, he's an outstanding footballer, just his hair receded pretty quickly through his career, you know, so, uh, probably probably, because probably he was going too quick, Max, to be honest. Yeah. Oi, Al, Al, have you seen my lid lately? Have you seen it? It is on fire. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm very Love it. That was it, yeah. Mate of yours, is he? Old, um, uh, uh, Marty McKenzie, so, yeah, I've had a few stories oh, about He's you. worse. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Have you it's seen his lid lately? Yeah, it's coming back. <laughs> yeah, I don't He's know if you know. Him. I don't know if you know, is he? But Marty used to flat with Alan, so um, yeah. Alan was getting a lot of bully, mate, about the boys down in <laughs> down in Christchurch from young Marty McKenzie. Hey, Al. So, what, what, what's your what's your pick over the next couple of days, Al? What what do you like? What's the? Yeah, you know, I know you've got a full book of buyers at the moment, but what do you? What's the one that's standing out in the book at the moment that you that you hope to own? Yeah, just uh, funnily enough, I just had a look at the videos this morning, and there's a Stefanos horse, a grey colt, that sort of drew me in. So um, I'll be having a real good look at him this morning. Um, yeah, and if he if he does attract me enough, I'll get him vetted out and see if he makes the makes the list. So um, yeah, I got a lot of work ahead of me, Kempi. I was up early, so uh, I'm doing it now. Bloody good if you take the call, Al. And I know some of those Stefanoses have been going well in book one as well, and they are lovely types. We've got Steve Davis on in about uh, forty odd minutes or half an hour, mate. He is—he's a oh wow, he's a one of one, isn't he? Like what he does in the ring, the way he can kind of keep people going as a buyer. When you've got Steve Davis breathing down your neck, eyeballing you, telling you to reach further into your pockets, does it? Does it? What does it do to you? Does he have a bit of a gift compared to other auctioneers, or you're used to it now and you just shrug him off? No, he's outstanding, mate. If you're selling the horse, you want Steve. If you're buying one, you don't want him anywhere near the rostrum. So uh, if he does come on the radio, you can say you've been talking to me and I brought a festal filly. He knocked it down to me. It was the only horse we couldn't ride in my career. And every now and then when he sees me bidding, he says he quite often says, I can't see festal in the pedigree here, Alan. And uh, <laughs> that, that was, we could not ride it. Brett Scott was working for me. We all, we just couldn't break it, mate. It was the toughest horse, and it was by Festal. So if you get Steve on, he'll remember it. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> they've all got a, <laughs> they've all got an Alan Sherrick story. Don't worry about that. Hey, 
It'd be remiss of me not to ask about the man that flies around on his uh, his magic carpet at the moment. Um, have you used this twenty percent discount down there at Karaka, your brother Bruce? Brother Bruce, he was out. Uh, he was out on Monday, and I think he's out tomorrow, Max. But uh, very busy boy. A lot of phone calls to answer and a lot of moaning. So uh, good luck with that, Paul. That's for real. <laughs> Al, Al. Quickly, before yeah. we let you go, mate, you're a busy man. Stories on Kempe. Kempe, Kempe one thing I've figured out, he's a hell of a, tori- a storyteller. I'll tell you that he tells a good yarn. Surely you've got some bully on uh, on Kempe. I got, well, I got, I got one that it didn't cure him. I thought it would have when we were, I think him and Bruce were 16 and I was 18. And uh, we were going to head into town for the night. And we thought we'd have a bet on a horse called Steely Dan. I told the boys it could not get beaten. We put a thousand to win on it in those days. It got beaten, and I've never seen two 16-year-olds rolling around on the floor. They didn't go anywhere that night because that was their allowance gone. It's completely gone. Steely Dan. That was a lot of years ago, brother. Yeah. Cured me. Cured me. My first bet. My first bet with the Fartman with my father, Alan Shirk. <laughs> just so that you know, I was on the dole. I was out of school on the dole. The works had finished. I'd, I'd done my season down the works. My first season down the works, and I was, you know, you get off, you get out, you're on the dole. So I had $134 coming into me wallet every week. I didn't have 500 bucks in the bank because we went $1,000. It was 500 bucks, me and Bruce. Yeah. And Alan said, yeah. "Steely Dan, don't get don't get beat." And we're like, "Oh yeah, we'll count we'll count the dollars. That's three hundred. That's three hundred bucks we can go out tonight, Bull." I didn't even watch. I didn't even see the end of the race. I was lying on the floor looking at the roof, going, "Where the hell am I going to get five hundred bucks from?" And I remember turning around. I remember turning around and looking at Alan, and he's leaning. They used to have this breakfast bar, and he's just leaning on it, looking at me, laughing, just giggling. Sadistic. <laughs> Mate, yeah, he's not the one pulling the trigger. He's just giving you a little suggestion, a little tip, and that's what we're doing on here, and I've been getting ripped out on the text line, so it's great to have Louis back actually tipping some winners. Mate, you had a good day yesterday, though. Beyond the second yeah, got, ideal, got taking, the, for, taking the win? Yeah, and probably a bit stiff for the other filly. I think she was feeling the shins a wee bit, but she came from last to run second, mm. so the others have a bill for mm. So pretty good day. Mr Chittick was happy, happy with his sales and happy that I got a winner for him, so... Yeah, long may it continue. Awesome yeah. stuff, Al. Good luck out there today. and Go get yourself one of those wood-fried pizzas from Waikato Stud to celebrate. And, um, All four. And we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with you All soon. <laughs> thanks, for taking right. the, thanks for taking the call, mate. Righto, boys. Cheers, Al. Bye-bye. Right now, we're going to talk about the Karaka sales and the voice of the Karaka sales. New Zealand Bloodstock is where the winning begins, and this man... Well, he's got all the one-liners. He takes on the heavy hitters and implores them to reach further into their pockets. And he nearly dropped his gavel for the first time in 30 years. Or did he? Steve Davis has been busy in the ring selling at the New Zealand Bloodstock Yearling Sales. And after the completion of book one, he's joined us on the line this morning. G'day, Steve. Yeah, good morning, boys. Nice to be joining you. I'm bunkered down here in the Omicron capital of New Zealand, Manukau. Keeping it to my little bubble. <laughs> well, don't let Alan Shuriken. <laughs> mate, it's great to have you on, Steve. Uh, look, let's talk about your calls, mate. Is it all off the top of your head or you go in with a, a pre-plan with your great one-liners? Does it just come out of your, your waha or your, your pre-plan? Uh, 
Yeah, just out of the way, mate. I mean, if you're plea praying, it doesn't sound so good. No, it just happens, you know. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You insult the people. So uh, you hope you don't insult them too many times, basically. <clears throat> <laughs> when you get stuck into a uh, bitter, are you trying to are you trying to egg them on to, to give you a little bit of, a little bit more? What, what are you trying to do there, mate? Are you, are you expecting or are you just... Well, love, you're doing everything you can, aren't you? Yeah, well, you are. I mean, you, you, yeah. you're trying to, you know, find a button that you can push to get them to go again. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's also stalling, I suppose, giving the under bidder a time to uh, to come back and have another bid, I suppose. It's just, you know, I don't know. It's, it's the way I do it, I suppose. Uh, I know a lot of the buyers, having sold at all the sales that I have. So uh, you form a relationship with them. And at the end of the day, you know, obviously they're bidding on it. They'd like to buy it. So it's your job to cajole them to keep going until they do. Well, apparently you sold Alan Sherrick an absolute stunner in Estel, mate. Tell us that story. Well, I know about that. I sold him one uh, that was by Festel, and he <laughs> refuses to ever sit buy another horse off me, you know. <laughs> he, you should ask him that story. He bought it was by Festel. at the two-year-old sale. He couldn't get on it. He couldn't get anybody he, to ride he it. Told anyway. us. He told us about half an yeah, hour ago, and he said, ask Steve oh, about that right. Festel donkey. <laughs> well, every time I sell one to him now, I say, mate, it's not by Festal. You know? <laughs> oh, that's gold. Hey, hey, when, you, when you're at the sales, mate, like obviously you've got a team that are working for you, keeping eyes on the floor. Have you got about three set of eyes on David Ellis, mate, and the heat he brings? Yeah, well, you've got to do that. That's uh, for real because he can often sit back and then come in late and you don't want to miss his bid. Uh, you want to be sure that he, yeah. uh, you know, is there. But no, look, he's, uh, you get a feeling that he's, you know, on something by the body language, like everybody else. People don't realise that when you're standing on the rostrum looking out at people, people's body languages change when the horse comes in that they want. They go from being very relaxed to all of a sudden stiffing up, looking around, looking who's there, looking at the horse, etc. So... Um, they don't realise that we can see that all of a sudden their interest is heightened with that horse coming in. So. Mate, one of those eyes for you over the years has been Butch Castles. Is he doing it this year? Uh, no, he hasn't uh, made it uh, this year. It's a, a small. We've only got about 30 or 40 people in the auditorium, so we probably only need about three or four bid spotters. So uh, he and Paul Wilcox uh, are our cameo bid spotters, and we look forward to using them occasionally, but at the moment there's probably no need. No, and what about what about your own your own purchasing history, Steve? Have you ever ever gone there on, on a day after you've read the books and thought, shit, someone's probably might miss this one. I'm going to have a crack at it. Well, look, you know, back in the early days when I had a bit of land, uh, prior, you know, my first marriage, um, prior to giving it away, uh, look, I'd buy the odd mare, uh, which I probably shouldn't have bought. So. Uh, yeah, no, we've we've got out of doing that. So uh, I just get up there and sell them and uh, stay independent and, uh, and watch from afar, so to speak. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. So let's talk about the sales, mate. Book one turnover overall is up twenty four percent on last year. That seems a lot. Can you understand why? Is it is there better caliber of horses, or, or what's the reasoning behind that? Oh, look, there's been a general lift in the market uh, in Australasia. It's been, in fact, almost worldwide. Uh, but as a result of that, I mean, last year we got, you know, they got smashed with uh, the COVID situation. People couldn't get here. I mean, again, I mean, we're selling under unusual circumstances. Only the New Zealand-born people or Australians that are married to New Zealanders or someone that's six foot four that no over can get into the country for whatever reasons they made that appointment. Um, so, you know, the, 
you know, I mean, that is ridiculous, isn't it? That if you're married to a New Zealander, you could come back, and yet your, your neighbour who's not couldn't get back to the sales. It's just, uh, but anyway, that's, that's another story. But So we were restricted in the number of people that could get here, uh, and we'd put the sales back, so we fell, we fell after um, Melbourne and, uh, and the classic sales in Australia. So I think it's been a remarkable result, quite frankly. Um, and in my understanding is we're about a million, million and a half up on the entire sale of last year. We've still got three days to go. Yeah, that's right, Steve. That's, yeah. that's kind of where you're sitting. I don't, not, not too sure about what the um, uh, what the numbers are and how many have been passed through. You said you do every, you're doing everything you can. Is that really it? You're, you're just can it, can it sometimes be frustrating if you're so close? To one to the reserve that whatever the vendor puts it at, and nobody bites on that last one, and you have to put it through. Is that kind of like the thing you get grates you the most? Yeah, that's the one thing. It's an auctioneer. That is the one thing. I, I to be honest, I don't care about averages. Uh, it's the clearance rate for me. Because bottom line is, if you're selling, uh, you want to sell everything. You know, you're up there you're representing the vendor. You want to, you know, there's two two and a half years of uh, expectation in a lot of cases where they've bred the mare, fold it down, got it to that stage, comes down to two minutes. You want to give it your best two minutes, and you hope that uh, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, speed dating. You know, you've got the the buyer happy, you've got the vendor happy. Everybody comes together, and everybody's, you know, positive. So that's all we can hope for. But yeah, so it does frustrate you if you pass one, and nothing worse. No, and Steve, you know, you're you're not going to pass many when DC puts his hand up. Let me tell you, but what? How how um, have the Aussies, uh, you know, sort of over the last few years integrated themselves into the? The New Zealand Caracas sales. Are we seeing more of those um, top shops in Australia coming over and looking at our best horses? Yeah, well, they have. I mean, you see that with our tried horses. We've had a wonderful run, and as a result of that, because of the the increased spend on racing in in Australia, the stake money on offer, the Australians. My understanding, the increase, you know, the spend was up this year from Australia, despite the fact uh, that only Australians uh, who were born in New Zealand with New Zealand passports, like Paddy Payne. Uh, or those that were married to a New Zealander or actually New Zealand bred that have come home. So we've been restricted, but at least we've got them here and, and they're bought online as well. I mean, people are now conditioned to buying online. I, 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 I hate to think that everything goes online and they don't need auctioneers because, boys, I'll be doing radio. <laughs> hey, Steve, do you get a bit angry when things are passed in because are you a bit like a real estate agent? You work on... On commission off each horse, or, or is that, is that oh, kind of? Is that, I'm getting a bit of a that yeah, feel. Yeah, what? I love that. I love that word commission. No, sadly not. No, sadly, sadly not. Come on, surely. I heard you. I heard no. you say, Steve, that you get a hundred cents every time you miss it, m- mention the New Zealand bloodstock air freight or insurance. Yeah, I, well, I said that. Well, they know it's air freight. They came up and gave us a note. They said, could you drop that in? And I said, it'll cost you 100 every time I mention it. And um, so, but, uh, look, we've got to work together, have a bit of fun. So, no, look, boys, we just get a daily rate, an exorbitant daily rate. Uh, thankfully, not, uh, not not enough to encourage too many people to come into the you know, field of auctioneering. <laughs> oh, mate, you're bloody, you're bloody hilarious. I love it. Thanks so much for your time, Steve Davis, uh, the voice of the Caraca ring down there at Caraca Sales. Appreciate your time on the show, Baz and Izzy, for breakfast. Thanks very much, and good luck for the next couple of days. We're expecting, what, a little 30% commission from you. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. There we go, Steve Davis. With Kempi, Daggy, and myself right now, it's time to talk some hoops, Kempi. Yeah, and I'll go, 
Good Court, Kings Design, Building a Store, Basketball Heaven, and thanks to them we're catching up with our good mate Tom Abercrombie this morning, who this week after a long and probably at times frustrating injury layoff, got back on the court for the breakers. How, how are you doing, Tom, and how did that feel for you? Yeah, morning, fellas. Um, yeah, obviously fantastic to get back out in the court, not the, um, not the kind of result I wanted to, to come back and um, be part of, but uh, yeah, nice just to be back out with the boys and running around again and um, yeah, getting all those those feelings from being back on the court was fantastic. Mate, tough tough coming back from injury, that's one thing, but even tougher sitting there when you're injured and your team isn't going um, that well and a, and a player of your calibre sitting there knowing that you can do a lot better. What 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 is happening? What do you, what do you see needs to change and what does the future look like for the breakers? Um, yeah, look, it's, it's a difficult time at the moment. Um, Coming back and sort of playing and being part of that again, you can you can tell just the the guys just lacking a bit of confidence right now, and it's tough to get anything going out there. We um, we yeah, like confidence are obviously a a tricky thing to to find in sport and hard to hold on to onto sometimes. And um, you know we we just we lost it in that second half of that game. Once they went on a little run, we weren't able to respond. Um, you know, I think in the previous two games we had done a lot of things, and you know we're down mm. a couple of a couple more starters. So um, we've obviously had a, a few things that haven't gone our way this year, and um, you know ultimately in that second half it just looked like um, that confidence had gone, and we need to find that that fun again, find that fun and playing, which is hard to do in an empty gym in Hobart sometimes. But um, you know we need to find <laughs> the, the fun out there and enjoy ourselves out in the court. Yeah, what's what's Dan Shamir and, and even your CEO Matt Walsh? What what are the messages from them made? Are they um how are they trying to keep the energy and the vibes up, knowing that it has been a struggle and you guys are the first to admit it, and and it's not easy being away in a, in, a, in an environment in COVID days. But what are they? How are they approaching this? Um, yeah, look, I think it's it's kind of the same in any sport, isn't it? You you have to. You try and learn from your losses as much as you can, and um, yeah, the reality of, of this thing is that you move on to the next one pretty quickly, and we have another two games this weekend, so it's about, um, I guess, trying to make those adjustments and be a little bit better, make sure that you know, no matter what's happening out there, you can, you can bring it in those effort areas, you can bring it defensively, um, and that gives you a chance to sort of win no matter what, and then hopefully you know, we can get some momentum and some confidence and get some guys back out there this week and um, try and develop a little bit of chemistry and things again and and, and have some fun out there on the basketball court. But, um, you know, we play, play Adelaide, uh, which is a, a fun game for us, and Adelaide on, on Saturday, and then we backed it up against Perth yeah. down in Hobart on Monday. So, you know, a chance to get back on it and um, try and right some wrongs out there. Hey, Tom, have a listen to yeah. this uh, from Jason Caddy uh, after your last match. Just quickly, if no one does, I, I don't know if I'll do the next press conference when we play them, but I just want to give a shout-out to New Zealand Breakers. Um, JD said it. What they're doing right now would be so hard, away from home, families, playing in an arena with no crowd, home crowd. Um, uh, if it means anything to them, like, I just have so much respect for that whole club and what they're doing the last two years. It hasn't just been for one season. It's been for two years. And, um, yeah, whenever I think we're going through a hard time getting stuck on the road earlier in the year and stuff, I just think about those blokes and what they're doing being away from their family. So just a shout-out to everyone from them. 
um, yeah, so much appreciation and so much respect for how they've gone about it and what they're doing. You guys talk a lot about that, Tom, being away from home and how hard it is to get yourselves up every week. Um, look, it, it's it's probably not something that we talk about that much now, and I, I think it's uh, yeah something that's a little bit unspoken, but um, obviously is is difficult and different for for guys in different ways. Um, you know, some guys have got partners and families here. Other guys like myself, you know, I haven't seen my three kids since the start of November last year. So, um, you know, there's a lot of guys in different situations over here and struggling for different reasons. So, um, you know, ultimately it's, yeah, it's it's nice to hear things like that. I think Jace is a, a really classy guy and I respect the way that he plays and goes about things. So it's, it's nice that, um, yeah, he, he would recognise that. But um, the same respect, like, yeah, it, it's very hard to... Yes, uh, portray and for, for others to sort of understand what the sort of situation has been like. Uh, it's, it's not like we're in a horrible situation over here. Like we're being looked after as well as we can, and um, we have everything mm. that we need. But it's you know it's not home, you know. Um, and hopefully, hopefully uh, next year, you know, things can get back to normal and we can start to reconnect with um, New Zealand and our and our breakers fan base who I know have missed us so much it's um mm. yeah it's very easy sometimes to to lose track a little bit of you know who you're playing for and, and what you're playing for when you've been away for, from home for so long but um you know it's it's nice to to know that that is sort of recognized but as I said you know, there's nothing more that this team wants than to just reconnect with New Zealand and everyone that supports us back home and, and um, to, I guess, find that find that spark again. Mate, November. November since you've seen your kids. I know you um, you got a lot of time. You're a great father and a great husband. I know it must be pretty tough for you and many others, mate. I, I'll be honest, I could never have done it. Never have been able to live from home. I struggle with a couple of days away from my kids. You know, it sounds like a good time, <laughs> you know, a, a great thing at the time. You're like, yeah, sleeping, things like that, but you just miss that noise. So uh behalf of everyone back in India, we appreciate all that you're doing at the breakers, um, you know, you're keeping the basketball flag alive and uh, I'm sure you're going to be rewarded very, very soon when you'll be able to play home at North Shore or at Victor Arena up in Auckland, mate. Um, we're going to let you go. 12 minutes on the weekend. Are you expecting many more minutes this week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I had one practice going into that, so a couple more practices this <laughs> week and, and hopefully we can bump those minutes up a little bit do a little bit more out in the court. Uh, it's been a very long time in between in between games for me uh, injured at the end of last mm. season, season as well. So an ideal time to find the feet again, but um, get that rhythm back soon and, and help the boys out. Nice, mate. Or can you just do this one move for us? Just do a little, little post-up, post-up, and then a fade-away, a jump-up, and then just a little tap on the chest and look up, bro, and then that'll know that's for me. Hey, what do you reckon? I got you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's right. It's the Rugby League Hour of Power, and we couldn't think of anyone better to kick us off on kickoff day, actually, than the Sydney King himself. And it's not Peter Volandes, it's my former teammate um, and good bloke who happens to have a show on scene himself, and which you can listen to. And that's that great man in Sydney owns the airways, Matty Johns. How are you going, brother? Campy. Great to talk to you, mate. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mate, I'll tell the boys a few stories when you and Trish used to live in that little brown um, four-story <laughs> flat across the road from me and Mary where they used to come over and dance on the wall and have a few VBs on a Monday. Mate, those were the good old days. They were the good old days with, uh, of course, Logan Campbell and, and Wes Hall that lived uh, with you. And I ended up living with uh, Logs there for a while. Uh, they're terrific fellas. Uh, they were good times, mate. Good times up there in Newcastle. Um, I tell you what, uh, it's been a little bit different. I've been a, for the old club, Campy, it's been a pretty dry last 15 years. So, uh, you know, hoping we can turn it around a little bit this year. But, man, talk about a reliance on Kalen Ponga. I'm, 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 not, I'm not optimistic. <laughs> no, well, Joey spoke, and I spoke to him about Christmas time, and um, he was had big raps on Kalen. He just, you know, he said, "Oh, Kempy, mate, you should yeah. just Kalen when he when he when he moves and he's got the ball on hand. He's just something special." Uh, are they too reliant on him, Matty? You, you think Newcastle? Like, oh, people yeah. are picking them for the wooden spoon. Yeah, there have been people doing that. That it's it was they sort of watching them this year how they built the roster, Kempy. They I think they had a reliance that they thought they were going to get Luke, Luke Brooks. They allowed Mitchell Pearce to walk out the door, and that you know you talk about a bloke who's played nearly 350 games in the halves. So they left pretty high and dry as halves, and then yeah, I, I just I'm just not sure they picked up a lot of injuries. And like you just said, mate, the reliance on Kalen, you know, it's sometimes it's like they're playing Kalen balls, just throw throw the ball to Kalen, and something's going to happen. But uh, and, you know, the thing about Kalen, too, um, I know that he and his dad, Andre, have said, no, we're going to stay in Newcastle. But, you know, the bloke who's chasing him is Wayne Bennett, of course. That makes me a little nervous. So mm. I'd love the Knights <laughs> to get off to a good start to the season. If they have a slow start, Campy, I'm, I'm worried. Yeah, great to have you on the show, Matty. It's Izzy here, mate. We've been talking uh, about this all morning. I've been pumped, mate, because I love your work, not only on the radio, on the TV as well, mate. you get good chat and good content. Um, let's talk about tonight's game, Panthers v the Manly Seagulls. Seagulls are pretty much fully strengthened, but the news with Nathan Cleary being out for the next three weeks, is that going to put a dampener on Panthers' uh, prospects and, and you know, more favoured Manly tonight? Oh, Izzy, it'll put the air for this first month. It's going to make it a little tricky for the Panthers. And the Panthers' trial form, mm. when they got all their first trial was good when they had all the kids in. Then the second trial, uh, they struggled. I mean, you take it with a grain of salt, Izzy, that the, the trial form, particularly the sides who are, you know, been there and done that. Uh, but it is a concern the first month without without Nathan. Um, you know, you, you mm. likes to know how important the halfback is. You know, the chair. it's a steering wheel. The Broncos have been the best example of that. I mean, the Broncos have had close to the best pack in the comp for you know, the last two, three seasons. But it's like having a V12 mm. car and no steering wheel. Mm. And so, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what it's going to be a little bit. Jerome's, Jerome's a quality player, but Jerome's a sort of all-out six. So it, it, it changes yeah. his role. Uh, yeah, but, you know, if you talk about over-reliance, You've got to talk about Manly and Tom Travojevic. They got a little mm. more, a little bit more balanced than Knights across the, across the park. But the thing that's going to define this game tonight is uh, Penrith's ability to stop Tom. And the other thing is who handles the conditions as well. As you know, right across New South Wales, South East mm. Queensland, has been the flooding, and you know that area out around Penrith there has been smashed. So I don't know what the field looks like, but uh, that's going to be tricky, mate. Um... 
just you know, you know, Matty, you've been over here a few times to play, and you know how how mad the New Zealand supporters are. Everyone in this country thinks that they are either born or or, or live in New Queensland or New South Wales. Come Origin time, um, forget that they're yep. actually Kiwis. Um, yeah. But tell us your take on the Warriors this year, and and your thoughts on them trying to rebuild. On you know, for me, they've built a decent forward pack. They still haven't got a decent number yep. nine. But with Sean Johnson coming back, mate, you think they t- they. The tip for the eight. Everyone, everyone here wants to hear whether or not they'll make the eight this year. I, in my opinion, if I was asked this the other day, if there's a side that will break into the eight, I can see it being the Warriors. I, I really like the way they looked in the in the off-season trials, and a lot of the noises coming out of there. The Sean Johnson thing is interesting. I, over here, a lot of people mm. saying, "Oh, you know, Sean's way past it." I actually, I thought he played some of his best football at Cronulla. I thought he was. I thought he found mm. that his consistency and and can't be an easy. The really important thing I saw with Sean is that he'd let that kid of Sean Johnson go. Like it was a little bit like Benji, is that he'd found his game. He'd realised he didn't have the legs he had before, and he'd adjusted his game. But I thought I was really surprised mm. Cronulla allowed him to walk out the door and kept Moylan. I thought they would have kept Sean. Uh, I thought he and Hines would have been a good combination. So I reckon it's a really, I think it's a really good pickup. I think it'll be fantastic for Chanel, and I think it'll be really good for Reese Walsh. As you said, Campy, their pack is a beauty. If you're a halfback, you can build your career behind that that pack. For Newell Blake, I, I, I think in this next 12 months he'll put himself in the Payne Hass um, uh, Talmalolo sort of standing. I think I think he's close to the best mm. middleman in the game. And uh, yeah, I, I just like them. I liked in the trial games. Two things I liked about them. Number one is they've adjusted their attack. They went back to a more mm. power game. Uh, and now when you play the Warriors, that's always the tricky thing, handling their power game through the middle when they always go good. That, that's, that's the base. There was a lot of short passing rather than those block formations. Uh, and I love their defence against Melbourne. In Melbourne, they just really dug in defensively on their own line and withstood a lot of pressure. So I think they're going to have a really good season. I know I know Phil Gould sort of, you know, came and went pretty quickly. But in that time, you, you certainly know that Gus is going to put a few good things in, in place. So I reckon mm. that you guys are getting a little bit of momentum from that as well. So uh, just the style, just the way the game has gone, I think it suits the Warriors. Like, you know, Sean ducking and diving through the middle, uh, and Reese Walsh is exactly what you need in the modern game. I'm with you, Campy. They, they just need a little bit more strike out of dummy half at nine. You know, a lot of times these days, most sides build their team, their focal point around the nine. You've got to have a little bit more there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I've read in my top eight. We're going to talk about it later on. I've got Warriors at seven, and I had uh, key figures, Aiden Fenua Blake. And Sean Johnson, but yeah, Tohu Harris as well. When he comes back from injury, oh, that yeah. combination there in the midfield, his ability, ball play, uh, offload, I think they'll add to it too. What about you spoke about well, Phil Gould? I've got the Bulldogs at, at eight as well. I've got the Bulldogs going at eight. That's probably a big ask for me, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've, I've liked this sliding. Josh Adokar obviously coming in. I, I looked at Tavita yeah. Pungai Jr. I think he's uh, an absolute force. You think they could potentially push a few? Well, Izzy, I think Warriors fans would have been excited when you have them at seven, but I think they'll be devastated by your judgment by having the Bulldogs at eight. <laughs> mate, I... yeah, Am I mate, you want to you you hear his tip of horses too, <laughs> mate. He's pretty good at that. <laughs> Am I clutching no, I've, there? I've heard. Oh, yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I just, Izzy, uh, 
Mate, hey, look, mate, everyone's entitled to opinion, even if yours is wrong. <laughs> mate, I... Uh... <laughs> Izzy, I, I, I just I, already there's some noises coming out of there. Uh, you know, the, the reports that some of the new players have, have said, said to members of the media, "Oh, Jesus, not like our old club." <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Okay, so so I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna cross um, him off, eh? <laughs> yeah, but I did I did like what I saw in the trial games. They they played Cronulla and they they didn't look good. Uh, mate, I reckon. Look, um, yeah, I, ju- I just I don't see it this year. There's going to be uh, okay. once again they're, they're what they lack. What they really lack, like I suppose, like a, a lot of those struggling sides, they lack a class seven and nine. That's that's what mm-hmm. they lack. That's what lets them down. Because again, this year they've got a good forward pack, but they, they've basically grabbed whatever they can get, and they've got the Fox and Matty Burton's terrific signing. But, you know, like when you're a struggling club, as I said before, you're paying overs and you just get what's, whatever's on the shelf. They, they desperately mm. need a good seven and a nine. Then you start talking about, about them being around six, seven and eight. Yeah, and the seven and nines, mate, they're like hen's teeth at the moment. Jeez, you'd like to be one. Oh. You'd like to be one. You'd be writing your own checks. Hey, Matty, I'm going to ask you a question, mate. It's been a sad week for uh, the Australian public at the moment with Shane Warne's passing, and I know you would have spent some time with him, mate. You got a story for us there? Yeah, got a got a couple. I went away. Um, I went away for about a week with him in Germany, which was dangerous. It's amazing. I got back alive. But uh, oh. we went over. For, there was a big group of us went over for the 2006 Soccer World Cup in Germany. Uh, and can be on the way over. I was I was thinking. You always think. Oh, I wonder what Warnie is like. And a lot of times, as you blokes know, when you, when you get people, whether it be sport or you know art or music or whatever. The, the, People who are at the very pinnacle can be quite aloof. And I thought to myself, oh, you know, I, I'm not going to sort of talk that much to Warnie because, to be honest, he's probably not going to be interested. But he, he blew me away how personable and what a great fellow he was and how much time he had for everybody. But it, like, it shouldn't have surprised me, but it, but it really did. And I used to bump him to him here and there, and he's always a great guy, good to my friends. There was one, um, one story... Um, in the 19, uh, 1998, the Newcastle Knights, we went away to the Melbourne Cup for our end of the year trip. And yeah, as you should imagine, we were pretty, pretty messy. We had a pretty wild crew yeah, anyway. So what happened? About day three, and bugger me, for whatever reason, I've got no idea why, we went to the Sheffield Shield. And like <laughs> the MCG, we were the only people in the whole 100,000 suit of stadium. We're sitting there watching Victoria versus New South, New South Wales, a game no one is interested in. And we're sitting there sort of fly-blown going, what are we doing here? Anyway, so Mark Taylor saw us and he sauntered down from the dressing rooms and said, um, hey, boys, you know what he's doing? And, uh, you yeah, know, blah, 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 blah. We're going to Oaks Day tomorrow. Sounds great. Anyway, he looked over his shoulder and Warney wasn't playing. Warney was in the dressing room. And I said, hey, Warney. Well, we've got some boys here. Do you fancy a night out? And he said, mate, always up for a night out. And he walked down. <laughs> and as he got to the suit, he looked at Joey and went, no. And went back into the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but talking to people, like hearing, hearing people that were really close to him. I heard Alan Border the other day. He talked about, because he was the captain when he came into the side. 
and he said when he first came in Australia, he struggled. We took him over to England, you know, for that you know, ball of the century. And he said when we were over there, he said that's where he really came into his own. He said he had big, incredibly strong hands. And he said when he spun the ball, you could hear the, the seam whirring, spinning. It actually made a noise that, spin that, that spun that hard. And so, uh, and, and then when he went to commentary, you realised it wasn't just natural talent. Incredibly intelligent cricketer, but just it's, a, it's such a massive loss for Australia for, mm. for Australian sport because, like, like you guys, you like your athletes with just a little bit of character, a little bit of scallywag about them. And yeah, he he certainly had that. Yeah, and and you both too. You're not just he didn't just look at Joey, mate, when he came down. He had to look over and he saw who was looking <laughs> over his shoulder cheekily at him, which would have been your Laurel Mal- and which would have been your Malum. Um, I, I often talk I often talk about the the boys when they say, you know, how do those guys how how come those guys are so good? And you know, the amount of you're talking about the ball wheeling. I re- always remember training you and Joe showing up and just throwing the ball around and doing laps around with Kick Kenny. Remember Kick Kenny? And uh, kicking yeah, the board him and doing all of yeah. those those things, those little extras, and and went on to have a wonderful career, mate. Just um, how is the beautiful wife anyway? How is Trish? How many kids you got? Mate, we got we got two boys, uh, Cooper and Jack. Cooper, of course, he sort of he he hurt his shoulder in the trial game against uh, uh, against uh, Newcastle. Ironically, and Jackson Newcastle can be in the lower grades. He, he actually had a shoulder reconstruction in the off season, but got staff in it. So he's still got another six to eight Jeez. weeks to come back. Yeah, I know. Well, so it must be a weakness in our shoulders. From, <laughs> yeah, for me doing any, any manual work. But uh, no, we're, we're good, Campy. We're good. Everyone around here, like even around the area, we, we've been only mildly affected by the floods. But man, it's just been, it's been crazy. Yeah, uh, Maddie, I'm actually coming over to Sydney tomorrow morning. I'm uh, going to Rose Hill on Saturday oh, to watch the horses, mate. What's the weather like? Obviously, it's flooding, but main mate, centre's all good? It's, it's actually started... Today is it's the first time I've seen a bit of blue sky. But I'll tell you what you should do, mate. You know, get, before, you go to, before you go to the races, maybe go over to Belmore and give the Bulldogs a bit of a motivational <laughs> Yeah, I believe in you, boys. I believe in you. Come on. Dig deep for Izzy. Mate, well they got they, oh, they got no. Steve they got Steve Hansen there. Maybe as you should give Steve Hansen a call, mate, and go on as the, the ex, ex All Black, you know, to help out. Okay. Yeah, go give yeah, Uncle Trent a little. Well, I, I tell you what's strange. All right, I, I don't know what's going on. Joey texted me last night and said, "Mate, have you got what's your email address?" Um, which is problematic because I don't even own a computer, let alone a uh, email address. <laughs> anyway, I oh, know. Can you believe it? I say to people, people say, "Got me your email address?" I say, "I haven't got a computer," and they sort of look at it just and say, "Yeah, yeah, good on you, mate." You know, to make have a better excuse than that. But he said, "Mate, Dan Carter needs to ask you something," and I was thinking to myself, "Holy shit! Now, what would Dan Carter possibly want to ask me?" I was thinking, "Have I offended him somewhere along the line?" <laughs> oh, you're the best, mate. Hey. I really love talking to you this morning, Matty. Hopefully we can get you on again, um, maybe a couple of rounds into the NRL, just to get your thoughts on, um, you know, there's going to be a smoky coming up. I agree with you. I think the Warriors have got a chance of making the eight this year. They're, they're definitely in that number eight spot for me. Um, Tommy Trebojevic, mate, he's the, he's the new kid on the block, the best I've seen um, come out for a while. Just no one can tackle him. Uh, and, like, is he... Is he um, yeah, the Bulldogs will probably end up with a wooden spoon as he's put the death nail under them. Yeah. 
But um, say hi, say, yeah, say hi to the boys, mate. <laughs> say hi to all the boys in Newcastle. Say hi to the wife, Trish, and um, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks, Matty. Can't, can't be easy good on your lads any time. Thanks, mate. Oh, there you go. Put the mockers on the Bulldogs, haven't I? <laughs> How good oh, is that wow. chat? How good is that? That was so chat? good. He's a storyteller, isn't he? Man, Man, got, got, a th- got, a th- got a thousand of them, and and you know the other side, just with Joey in the in them as well. You know, like his stories have, have always got his brother in them, and that's you know they, mm. they should have been twins. Those two. Oh, mate, they just hearing the, and then he saw Joey and said, nah, I bet you he saw both of them was like double nah. Uh, Brad's text on double eight, double three. Hey, Maddie, it's better than Lego. That's that great Mad Monday situation, man. Those lads can send it. Unbelievable chat. Awesome to hear. Maddie's reckons on the NRL.